Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast, Paul's 50 years of sporting memories. In this podcast, I will talk about my favourite sporting memories over the past 50 years with my good friend Glenn. It covers a wide range of sports and the triumphs and heartaches along the way. In each episode, we will go back in time to talk about my memories from a particular year. This is Paul Tonner. Welcome to this episode of Paul's 50 Years of Sporting Memories. I hope you are well and have had a great sporting week. How's your sporting week been, Glenn? Oh, yeah, it's been an interesting one, seeing the, the AFL yeah. playing in the Gold Coast. and The, the old Gold, Co- Gold Coast Suns are having a hard time there. How they been going, losing a... Yeah, they lost the last three. Oh, okay. Unfortunately, yeah. but, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. For young team, they're just playing so many games. Oh, they're going better than the Swans. Yeah. <laughs> but, the, but the Brisbane Lions are maintaining in the top four. Oh, okay. Which is good, even, yep. though, even though they've had a couple of losses lately, they're still maintaining mm. in the top four, which is good. Yeah. I'm very impressed with your new glasses. Oh, yeah, thank you. I've, 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 I've had them for a while. They've just been buried down the <laughs> bottom of my man bag. Yeah, no, well, I just read an email that came out today about the uh, 2020 World Cup that was supposed to be on in October um, here, and it's been rescheduled to 2022 now. Yeah. Yeah, so they're still going to have the one in India next year. Yeah, they won't have it in Australia, of course. You know, India always gets first preference, yeah. uh, which is sad. Yes, it um, is. Yeah, but they own eighty-five percent of the cricket market, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't compete with that. That's right. Yeah, no, well, yeah, Parramatta were very lucky to win last week against the the Bulldogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, have they got a shortened round this year? Yeah, a it's a shortened season. Yeah. But it's going further. Oh, yeah. You know, they normally finish first grand finals normally in early October. Yeah. Um, first, well, normally first Sunday in October yeah. has been in recent years. But they, I think, they're going through to uh, the end of October yeah. grand final, and then State of Origins all being played in November. So yeah, that'd be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I'm afraid they'll, they'll probably play them all at night time because it'd be cooler. Oh, yeah, they'll have to. Yeah, by, the, yeah. by November we, we're getting in the 30s. Yeah, yeah. Temperature. Oh, definitely. Well, I hope so. <laughs> oh, yeah, anything's possible this year, isn't it? That's right, yeah. <laughs> After the year we've had. Yeah. Yeah. Right, so we'll move on to the quiz questions now for this episode of 1980. So these questions re- relate to that particular year. So, we've got our lovely Miss Olivia here, my Hello. beautiful daughter. She's going to read the questions out and we'll, the answers will be revealed near the end of this episode. Right, what's the first question? The first question is, who was the other gold medalist for Australia at the Moscow Olympics? Okay, you have to read it again in case they missed it. And I'll do that another time because, yeah. You've got to read question one again. I know, that's what I'm doing. Oh, okay, yep. <laughs> so, who was the other gold medalist for Australia at the Moscow Olympics? Mm-hmm. Right, okay. question two. Question number two is a true or false question. Mm-hmm. So, it's basically a 50% chance that you're going to get it right. Yep. But, yeah. <laughs> so, true or false. The nickname of the four-time four 100... Four by 100 metres. Four by 100 metres. 
relay team that took the gold was the mean machine. So is that true or false? Yeah, so that's in swimming. Yeah. 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 So I'll read that again. Mm-hmm. True or false? The nickname of the 4 by 100 meter relay that took the gold was the mean machine. Okay. Is that true or false? Yeah, so the medley relay swimming time we're talking about. Yep. And then last question. Okay, so what was the name of the male Aussie squash player who won the British, Australian and World Opens? I'll read that one last time. So what was the name of the male Aussie squash player who won the British, Australian and World Opens? Okay, thanks Olivia. So, yeah, well, the answers will be revealed near the end of the episode. So, um, yeah, this episode covers the sporting memories. Of, we're going way back in time uh, to 1980. Yeah. Oh, way back. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I was looking at this earlier in the week and yeah, it's amazing how much I can remember. Yeah. I would have only been nine years old. I was in year three. I actually repeated year three. Yeah. Yeah. I was at Lyra Public School. Yeah. So that was the first cricket team I ever played for. Um, um, yeah, and also that year, it was around about April, I actually fell out of a car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I fell out of a car. This was like an old car. It didn't have seatbelts. Yeah. And, yeah, out I'll go. Um, Grazed from head to toe and, yeah, I had to go to the Katoomba Hospital and... Yeah. No, it's so long ago, but I can remember being airborne. <laughs> like, <laughs> and looking down at the gravel going, shit, this ain't good. <laughs> now, actually, a, a, um, a mate of mine years ago, we were, when mm. we were young and stupid, we were just driving along. I was driving his car, yeah. and he was just leaning up against the um, his door, passenger door. Yeah. And... Yeah, you know, we were slowing down into the traffic. I looked over and his door was open and he was gone. Oh, shit. He fell out the door. How fast was it going? Oh, we'd only, you know, we'd slowed down to 20k. Mm. I was just talking to him and looking back and... Yeah. Um, it was, he was out the door, but he'd been to the orthodontist and he'd been hyped up on having laughing gas. Yeah. And apparently he was playing with the door, the door opener. And then again, Sarah. Oh, gee. <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, this was called Shell Corner. I would have been going probably, well, would have, car would have probably been going 60 k's an hour. Yeah. 60, yeah, 70. Um, but, yeah, lucky I was on the left-hand side of the car. Yeah. Because if I was on the other side, I wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with trail bike plenty of times. But. Yeah. Well, that actual corner is called Shell Corner, and it's not there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. They um, yeah, they built a bypass on the Great Western Highway, and so that it avoids that area altogether. Yeah, so was it was it named Shell Corner for a reason? I think this because there's a shell. There was a shell survey service uh, station there. Yeah, yeah, but uh, yeah, no. In in news that year, so Zaria Chamberlain, the baby that was taken by the dingo, and yeah, her mother was. Uh, yeah, sent to prison for something she didn't do. Yeah, yeah, a couple of years later, and yeah, yeah and she can't got out, and yeah, that um, that carried on for so long. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the decision being changed, mm. and and nineteen eighty was a 
was the start of it. Because I've been thinking about this this year as well. Mm. It's basically, it was a big year for change. Mm. Because in that decade, we came out, started to come out with the personal computers, Walkman's personal. That's right. Audio yeah. devices. Exactly. So, yeah, mm. c- compared to the 70s, yeah, if we wanted music, we carried around the boom box. And, yeah, that's right. And yeah. and, they, and they needed a couple of dozen D-cell batteries. Yeah. <laughs> and you take, yeah, and, and all your tapes. Yeah, that's right, with the, the CD Walkmans. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> the, the, the CD Walkman wasn't a, a great smash hit because yeah. they couldn't control it. Yeah, the good old days of the yeah. VHS tapes. and uh, Yeah, mm. yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and, and an album cost about $27 and $12. Yeah. I remember my yeah. sisters having all these records and yeah. playing all these songs, you know. Yeah. My, the first record I brought was a dollar and it was Abba's Arrival. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, famous Beatle was shot yeah. in 1980. You know who yeah. that was? John, uh, John Lennon. John Lennon. And yeah. I still remember where it was when I had mm. news. So do I. Because I, yeah. I was actually in a Daryl Lee shop in yeah. Port Macquarie and it came over to the news mm. and this girl in front of me just fainted on the spot. And she really? Fa- she fell back on me. Gosh. And everyone's rushing around her and I'm yeah. going to pin up against the wall and yeah, <laughs> they're more concerned about her and I'm going, no, I'm right. Well, I was actually in. I remember I was sitting in the back of my car, of um, my parents' car. Like my mum was driving, and I was sitting in the back. And I think we'd gone to pick up one of my sisters somewhere. I can't remember yeah. where I was, but I remember the, the news came on. Yeah, and yeah, and they they said, "Oh, John Lennon's been shot." And yeah, yeah. Like I was pretty young then. I wasn't really all that aware of who John Lennon was, but yeah, I just remember all these. Songs came out the time of his death. Yeah, yeah, yeah he just completed an album yeah. and had great songs on there. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I went to. I was in New York. Oh, this was when I was in 1999. Yeah, yeah, yeah and uh, just before I went over to England to play cricket, I was just went there for about uh, a week, and yeah, I actually saw the place where he was shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was weird because he'd actually the man who assassinated him. I think his yeah. name was Mark Chapman, I think. Yeah. yeah, he actually went and there was a photo of him outside John Lennon's place. He was signed, John Lennon was signing his autograph for him. Yeah. And then he came back a few hours later and shot him. Yeah, but uh, with songs for that year, yeah, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen and Dreamin' by Cliff Richard. <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> uh, Pink Floyd. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, the Wall album. Yeah, another brick the, in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was actually the 11th studio album. Really? So they had 10 other albums before. Oh, okay. Before that album made mm. them, made them you know, yeah, all well known and mm. before. Yeah. yeah. So it sold over 19 million copies. Oh, okay. So in 1980, that was a lot. Jeez. I think you sort of got a... You got a gold record if you sold two million or so. Yeah. So to, so to sell nine, 19 million. Well, with movies for that year, we had, so one of the movies, Ordinary People. So I remember seeing that movie years later. Yeah. And, yeah, it was it was a good movie. It was very well acted. 
Yeah. yeah. And the Empire Strikes Back. Yep. Yeah, I remember the Empire Strikes Back cards and oh, swapping yeah. them with yeah. friends. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, there was a famous game show. I was just... It just came into my head yesterday. Yeah. It started in 1980. <laughs> Can you think of what it was? I'll give you a hint. Seven o'clock every every weekday. Sale night. of the century. Of the century. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it went for 21 years. So finished yeah. in 2001. Yeah. And, yeah, what I do remember is, um, you know, how they the winner would go and... Each night, you know, if they won, they'd be back the next night. Yeah, and God, they'd play yeah. for all these prizes, yeah. and then yeah, there was one stage. It was, it was the very first time yeah. someone had got to the stage where they were just playing for the lot, they were playing for all the prizes and the show. Yeah. What they used to call it, the showcase or something. Yeah. Um, and then all the money on top of that. Yeah. And oh gosh, I remember my whole family sitting down, and the neighbours next door yeah. they came over. And we all gathered around the TV set to see if this guy was going to uh, do it. I think I researched his name last night. He, he was Vincent. Vincent, I forget his last name. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember it was really close. Uh, and then it got to, you know, they, they had the fame game and they had to uh, pick the, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, one of the faces. Yeah. And behind one of those faces there was, you know, $10, $15 or $25. Yeah. Yeah, and he was... Yeah, it was really close, and and he he won the fame game question, and then he goes for his pick, and he wins the twenty five bucks, yeah. and we all jump up in jubilation. Yeah, <laughs> they were actually going to bring that back. So the century. Oh, were they? And yeah. and one of the announcers on Hot Tomato, yeah, Hot Tomato. Radio on the Gold Coast, Mal- Malcolm Lees. Mm. He actually got picked to do the job. Yeah. So they were going to, it was sort of. Is that right? Every second weekend he'd go down there for the filming. Yeah. And then he could still do his job. Oh, okay. But the day before he was due to fly out, the network pulled it. Oh, really? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was just watching, I was on YouTube last night and I watched the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And you could tell, like, Tony Barber, he's still alive today. Yeah. Um, and the hostess. Yeah, they, they, they just, well, we don't know whether this is going to work or not. Yeah. <laughs> and it did, yeah. It went on for 21 years and, yeah. But I, I like going back to the old 70 shows of mm. Graham Kennedy and Blankety oh, yeah, Blanks. Blanks. Yeah, <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll get on, move on the sport now, so... Yeah, it was a good year. Wimbledon was a, a good year for Australia in 1980. Yvonne Corley, uh, she won the, the women's Wimbledon crown, beating Chris Everett-Lloyd, 6-1-7-6 in the final. So, yeah, that was her, oh, I think it was her last Grand Slam tournament. It was the first one she'd won in a while. And, yeah, that was a, that was a great achievement. No female as has won Wimbledon. No Australian female has won Wimbledon ever since. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now we've had a f- couple of male winners along the way, like Pat Cash and uh-huh. Leighton Hewitt, but no. Yeah, so you think, you know, like what she's achieved, like Indigenous girl. Yeah. Yeah, back, oh, I think it was in Queensland. Yeah. And yeah, turned into a, yeah, uh, like a 
Yeah, female tennis star. Oh. Yeah. And I remember the Beyond Borg and John McEnroe classic in the final. They had a five-set thriller with Borg winning 8-6 in the final set. <laughs> what do you remember about John McEnroe? The tantrums. The tantrums, oh, yeah. The cool Swede and John McEnroe with his tantrums. Uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, this tennis match just seemed to go on and on and on. Like, it just had, you know, so many, um, so much, had so much drama in it. And I remember McEnroe was crying at one stage because, you know, he was very young at the time and I guess all the pressure was a bit much. And, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he, w- he went on to win... You know, yeah, several Wimbledon titles, and I think Beyond Borg won about five. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I do remember going to the Parramatta versus St George match at Cumberland Oval. Yeah, so it was the last round of the season, and I remember if it was Arthur Beetson's last game, yeah. and yeah, he was playing for Parramatta and was sitting at Cumberland Oval, and those oh, it's a it was a terrible ground, you know. And this is about a year before they they burnt it all down when they won their first premiership. Because <laughs> they, they built, rebuilt a new stadium on there. But uh, Paramount, uh, Cumberland Oval was just a dump. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, but Parramatta needed to win this game to move into the finals and unfortunately they lost and... And then, yeah, Canterbury defeated Easts in the grand final. And there was a player called Steve Gearin for Canterbury. He scored a remarkable try to seal the win. And, yeah, Greg Brentnell, the fullback, he put up this, he made a break, put up this big bomb from near halfway. Steve Gearin's running in from the wing, takes the ball on the full with the ball pretty much going behind him and just scores this incredible try and... Yeah, and uh, I remember Rex Mossop going, yeah, because Canterbury. What 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 they used to do then? The uh, coaches for the team they'd sit on the sideline. Yeah, so they yeah. weren't up in the you know the grandstand like today. Yeah, yeah, a lot of the time they were on the sideline. Yeah, you know? and Rex Mossop goes, oh look at look at Glossop, he's gone ape. <laughs> that was the Canterbury coach yeah. Ted Glossop. Yeah, so. Uh, that was their first premiership since 1942. And yeah, in the 80s, they were. Um, they battled it out with Parramatta to be the team of the decade. They both won four premierships each in the 80s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it really started like a golden era for, for the Bulldogs. Yeah. And it was the first state of origin in 1980. Yeah. Yeah, very first state of origin. Because what used to happen, like New South Wales have played. Queensland for oh, about a hundred years, yeah. but what used to happen then? Um, the news they had the New South Wales competition, right, and the Queensland competition. Yeah. So New South Wales competition was where all the money was because yeah. a lot of the a lot of the um, the New South Wales clubs they were you know cashed up by. Um, you know, the clubs with all the poker machines. and oh, yeah. So, yeah, the Queensland competition just couldn't compete. So yeah. a lot of the really good Queensland players would move to Sydney yeah. and play in the New South Wales competition. Yeah. But when they did that, they weren't allowed to play for Queensland anymore. They had to play for New South Wales. Yeah. So Arthur Beetson, he'd have to play, you know, yeah, 
born and bred Queenslander, he'd have to play for New South Wales. Yeah. So, uh, but what was happening? Like New South Wales would just flog them, you know, and yeah, 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 yeah and hardly anyone would turn up. You know, no one like they'd play at Leichhardt Oval in front of about one one and a half thousand people. Yeah, yeah. So got to nineteen eighty, and they thought, oh, you know, we'll try this state of origin concept, and mm. so they just played the one game. Um, yeah, and they thought yeah, it wasn't going to work because they couldn't see how um, players who played together on, you know, for their club team during the week, yeah. you know, they'd be really good mates, yeah. and then they'd have to play against each other a few days later. Yeah. So you'd have Arthur Beetson and Mick Cronin, yeah. um, you know, good Parramatta mates, and yeah, and so Arthur Beetson, he was thirty-five years of age, and leads Queensland onto the field at Lang Park. There's a massive crowd there. Uh, yeah, in Queensland, one in the first ten minutes, uh, Arthur Boots and Mick Cronin having a brawl. <laughs> yeah, I don't know whether that's true or not. I've, I've YouTubed it and I've never seen it, but there were a lot of punch-ups in that game. Yeah, um, yeah. So Queensland won the game, twenty points to ten. Yeah, and it began the legend. Yeah, mate versus mate, great versus great. Mm. And you think of where state versus state. oh, state versus <laughs> state. Yeah. You think where state of origin is today? Gosh, uh, yeah, it's like the highlight of the rugby league year. Uh, the, um, yeah, the um, the, there's a comedian called Akmar Sali. Yeah, and when the comedy club in Sydney opened up, it opened up on the state of origin night. Yeah, and only four people turned up. To oh, the, okay, to the grand opening night. <laughs> so the comedy club and there's yeah. ten comedians on, including him. Oh. There's not many people on the street on a state of origin night, yeah. I've noticed. Yeah. I've heard the neighbour downstairs, yeah. she's from New South Wales. Mm. I came home one afternoon and the friends had got into a car and yeah. and wrapped all the her car in Queensland colours and, mm. and even the front door and front veranda and all this Queensland stuff all over it. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, it's certainly come a long way, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what used to happen in the early days, like Queensland would, like although New South Wales had a much better side on paper, Queensland would win because they'd take it a lot more seriously. You know, they'd really prepare for it. They'd go yeah. to the camp. But New South Wales players would just turn up, you know, a few days later. Yeah, but, but yeah. I also thought, well, they're, they're playing with the New South Wales, the Queenslanders, yeah. so they wouldn't know how... There, yeah, the people play, yeah. So, I think it was a bit of an advantage to mm. they had the knowledge of well, yeah, I know how he plays, and yeah, that's right, yeah, and mm. they use it to their advantage. Oh, exactly, yeah, yeah, and that, yeah, that certainly did help, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, you'd have Wally Lewis who was still playing in the Queensland competition because the, the Broncos didn't come in till 1988, yeah, yeah. So, they still had a lot of good Queensland players playing in the Queensland competition, but. Yeah, you know they they had a lot of still a lot of superstars oh, yeah. playing for you know Sydney clubs. Yeah, um, yeah. So Alan Jones, not the Alan Jones we've spoken about in rugby before, but this was the Alan Jones, the the Formula One racing car driver. Yeah, he won the world championship that year. Yeah, last Aussie to do so. He won five races and had three poles. 
Yeah. Yeah, so we've, we've had a couple of good ones since then, good drivers since then, like Mark Webber, and he, he did yeah. well. Yeah. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, but yeah. they seem to have been let down by, you know, the teams they represent. Yeah, so that was that was a great achievement by him. Um, a, a guy by the name of Kenny Robbins. Oh, yep. Um, he won the Moto GP 500 in 1980. Right. Where's he, he from? He's American. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. He won it three years all up. Yeah. Wasn't there an American guy? He was a 500cc guy, and he had an accident, became a paraplegic. Oh, I'm just trying to think of his name. Yeah. Rainey? Last name Rainey? Yeah, maybe our listeners can help us. Yeah. With that. Yeah. Yeah, so that year we had the Moscow Olympics. Mm. They were the very first Olympic Games I can remember. Yeah. Yeah, so but not all countries attended these games. Yeah. So there was a boycott led by the USA due to the Soviet Union invasion of Afghanistan. Yeah, I remember the opening ceremony was on the night. Yeah, my aunt got married. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And I remember staying up watching the opening ceremony. And but what what happened? The Australian Olympic Committee. So the the uh, the federal government they didn't want the af- the Australian athletes to go. Um, yeah, but the Australian Olympic Committee defied that and sent uh-huh. a team. But yeah, unfortunately, we sent a team because a lot of athletes pulled out. You know because. Of their views of what was hap- what had happened yeah. with Afghanistan, and yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, you had the men's hockey team who were the gold medal favourites. They pulled out, and Tracy Wickham, who was the eight hundred metres uh, world record holder, and Raylene Boyle, yeah. So uh, yeah, so I remember a song <laughs> called <laughs> there was a, a song called Moscow. Yeah. Moscow, Moscow, <laughs> by yeah. Genghis Khan. Genghis Khan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great song. At school we used to call it Moscow, Moscow, see the Russians everywhere, running yeah. in their underwear. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> I think it became number one song on the charts yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Can you remember that song? Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yep. And we also used to make up different versions yeah. of it. <laughs> As we do in Australia. Yeah. Moscow, yeah, um, Moscow. <laughs> yeah, but there was a lot of, in those days, like, uh, like the East Eastern Bloc countries, so I'm talking about the Soviet Union, so, you know, Russia, it's mainly Russia then, and, um, uh, like, you had East Germany yeah. as well. Yeah, they were winning heaps of gold medals because their government was, you know, filling their athletes up with steroids. Yeah. So you'd see these East German runners yeah. and swimmers and they look like, you know, like a <laughs> front row forward. Sherman <laughs> tank. Yeah, so, yeah, but it, it's it's really, yeah, it's really sad because there were a lot of athletes and some Australian athletes who competed fairly. And missed out on winning medals because of these drug cheats from these Eastern Bloc countries. Yeah. Um, But because it was so long ago, they can't take the the medals off them, unfortunately. Then it came out years later that, yeah, yeah, they were cheating. Mm. Yeah, it was a government um, system 
the run, government-run system of yeah, 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 of drug cheating. Okay. Yeah. yeah so uh, there was one. Uh, see what what had happened. Like the previous Olympic Games in Montreal, they were our worst Olympics ever. Pretty much, we we hadn't won a gold medal since 1972. Yeah. So Montreal was. Yeah, we didn't win a single gold medal, and I think we won a silver and a couple of bronze. Yeah. And we were heavy gold medal favourites in in Montreal and in the men's hockey and the uh, Stephen Holland, the 1,500 metres swimmer. He was like the world record holder, and, yeah, they both missed out on gold medal. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so... In the men's, uh, what was it, the four by 100 metres medley relay in swimming? Yeah. Yeah, we won a gold medal and beat the Russians. And it was a very famous, it was a very famous, well, he's not not with us anymore. His name's Norman May. He was was calling that event. And that's where we, we get the famous expression, gold, gold, gold. Yeah. Yeah, because he called the race. Yeah. And so, yeah, got down to like 15 metres and Australia hits the front. And he's going, Australia hits the front. It's 15 metres to go. 10 metres, 5 metres, 4, 3, 2, 1. <laughs> gold to Australia. Gold. Gold. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that was our first gold medal in eight years. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why they built the Australian Institute of Sport. Because we did so badly in... The Montreal Games. Yeah. Yeah. So the Fraser government, yeah, built the yeah. Institute of Sport in Canberra. Yeah. Right. So we'll go on to the answers for the quiz now. So question one. Olivia, mm-hmm. can you read the question out again? Yes. So the first question from our quiz questions, if you didn't hear it before, was who was the other gold medalist for Australia at the Moscow Olympics? And the answer to that was Michelle Ford. That's right, Michelle Ford in the women's 800 metres. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, so the second question is true or false question. As I said before, that's a 50% chance if you can get that right. Mm-hmm. So your chances if you don't know a lot of your sport, sporting people is pretty easy, right? So the question was, true or false? The nickname of the 4 by 100 metre relay team that took the gold was the Mean Machine. That is false. It was the quietly confident quarter. That's right. Yeah, I, I didn't know that until early in the week. Yeah, I always thought it was the Mean Machine, but yeah. No, they, it didn't become the Mean Machine until the, uh, the Brisbane Commonwealth Games when they shaved their heads. Yeah, that's when they the nickname started. But yeah, at those Moscow games, yeah, it wasn't. Yeah. Mm. So no, it was a trick one that one. Mm. Okay. What was the third question? So the very last question was what was the name of the male Aussie squash player who won the British, Australian and World Opens? And the answer to that is Jeff Hunt. He is the seventh British Open. Yeah, that was his seventh British Open. He won nine. Nine. So, yeah, the British Open's like the Wimbledon of squash. And, oh, he was unbelievable. There's Heather Mackay with the women, but he's definitely the greatest male squash player we've produced. Yeah. But, yeah, like... 
remember squash was quite a big sport back then. Like you'd never really heard about it in the in the news, but yeah, we had a, heaps of squash courts everywhere. And I remember my, my dad used to play squash, and I'd go and watch him. And oh, okay, okay we're up to the draw. Ooh. Oh, you might you're going to get to do this, Livy. Oh, birthday draw. Yeah. Okay. Okay. We're pulling it out of a cricket hat for. Um, you had a good birthday? Yeah, it's pretty good. How many cakes have you had? Five, four or five. Bless my soul. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Lots of presents? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Rightio. So we're going to draw a, a year from the – this week we've got the Sunshine Coast uh, representative cricket cap. We'll see what year it is and we'll talk about it in the next episode. So, put your hand in, no peeking. Pick one out. The thing for next week is 2017. Oh, we're going a couple of years back. (laughs) We've skyrocketed. It's just like 40 years ago? No, three years. Three years ago, yeah. Wow. Okay. So, thanks for joining us for this episode of Paul's Sporting Memories. Please check out our Facebook for posts on My Sporting Memories. And it's a goodbye from Paul. And it's a goodbye from Glenn. And it's a goodbye from... Olivia. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye, everyone.